Hi. Um, this is the sort of introduction to the Restart 19, a scientific study that was taken this summer from the University Medical Center in Leipzig in Germany. And the International Institute of Live Events is going to have a discussion on the results from the early findings from that investigation and the results that has come out of that investigation and how we can carry forward that information for event planners and event organizers within the UK and further afield. Cool, so it's been a long awaited results for the Restart 19 campaign um, to happen. And we'd like to know your thoughts, Paul, on the findings and the future of this research. Um, so the first question we'd like to ask is, how has the research allowed the event industry to move forward and put on events? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting bit of results because it was, it's the first of its kind that's been done under controlled conditions. And the methodology that, that was applied for this particular research required individuals to um, sign up to it and they fell within a specific age range, 18 to 50. They had to be healthy and fit. So therefore they would have been tested, one would presume, and, they, and then sit in an in a arena, a covered arena, uh, normally used for outdoors, uh, for sporting events. It was called a quarterback real estate arena in, in Germany. They were looking for 2,400 um, participants approximately they didn't get the full amount however they did get a number of people that they were able to place in the environment they put a band in there to play and they wanted to look at the way in which people would circulate and move around that environment and what could um, therefore allow for the transmission rate of the virus depending on how people would circulate within a given space over a given time um, but this information does need further research, which I'd like to go into um, later on in the, in the discussion. But in, this, in the early stage, it helps us to understand to some degree what measures we can put in place. And even though we know some events have taken place in the UK and in other parts of the world, it would be good to find out whether these things could happen in a real life situation. Yeah, cool. So another aspect of it is what you've been a researcher as well what do you think about the findings from the research and how will it help us move forward yeah there, there were it gave us an overview of the key results from the scientific study and i'd just like to go through each one and give my opinion on on those uh, on those on the results and possibly look at how further studies uh, and research can be continued on the back of what's already been published so number one, it talks about the total number of contacts lasting several minutes is relatively low during the event and can, can be considered reduced through hygiene concepts. So we've seen that um, when you're in any, an environment, surfaces that you may touch and places that you may visit, and obviously people will also touch those same surfaces and visit those similar places, let's say food stores, probably toilets, or handrails getting to certain parts of the, of the venue. So these are potential places for the transmission rate of the, of the virus. But what they were trying to say is that they're relatively low in terms of where you, where you would spend several minutes in terms of the potential of, the, of the, the transmission of the virus having an impact on your health. 
in that respect. So they said it's, it's considerably reduced within that particular in, environment where they did the, the research itself. Number two, it says higher number of, of contacts occurred during admit, admissions to the venue and in the breaks, thus planning should focus on these aspects. So it, it, it may then transpire and within some events, particularly sporting events, when they have a break and you can go and get food and you can go and get drinks. What some event organizers have been doing into, is to limit the amount of time that people spend queuing up or people spend at another location within the venue to get food and drink. So food and drink is then brought to their location, as was seen with some events that have taken place um, in the summer of this period. And also venues now that are open and open for food and drink, they, it, they it tend to all work around the basis of table service. So what he's trying to say is where where people circulate and they circulate more within the intermission period, then obviously there's going to be a higher rate of transmission and the event organizers should focus on those aspects to reduce the amount of time that people circulate if they can, or I would presume therefore that there needs to be a level of appropriate cleaning of those areas to reduce the level of the spread of the, of the virus. Um, so the next point it made reference to is poor ventilation can significantly increase the number of people exposed to a risk of infection. Now, with most venues, and particularly modern venues, there, there, is, there should be adequate ventilation within those venues, be it a small club, be it a bar, or be it an, an arena, as was used for this particular uh, study. So, so the movement of air within the, within the actual um, location can significantly increase the number of people exposed to a risk of infection. So good ventilation would obviously, re, re, would obviously reduce that. And I think to some degree, most venues can cater for that without too much problem. Point four, it makes around 90% of the study participants are not put off by the idea of wearing a mask and are willing to continue to do so in order to be able to experience such events again. So the survey conducted following the concert exper ex experiment. So as it said, I mean, there are certain countries where it is mandatory where you have to wear a mask and, and you have to wear a mask in, 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 in certain areas. Whereas in some environments in some countries, they, and also in some working environments, they've talked about whether or not it's you, you could wear it or you should wear it, or it should be mandatory. So there is a, there is a mixed approach in terms of the, the use of the mask or where the mask, where, when the mask should be worn and, and therefore how does it really reduce the rate of transmission of the virus. So some control studies show obviously when you sneeze and obviously in areas where you're breathing in close proximity to other people, the virus spreads and can, can be spread also through touch, touching um, certain places where people have also touched, but they've also said it can be it's it's also airborne and if it's therefore airborne then wearing the mask within certain environments particularly where, where we're doing events it should be mandatory while the virus is still prevalent within society so that that should be communicated to any attendee coming to the event that they obviously must bring a mask if they're not then they'll be provided with one and, and if they're not prepared to wear one then obviously they can't they can't enter however depending on any health conditions that they may have that can prevent them from wearing a mask, then that's something that needs to be addressed with the organizer or the, and the attendee attending the event. 
the last point it, it, in terms of the key results, it says if hygiene concepts are adhered to, additional impacts on the pandemic as a whole are low to very low. So wearing a mask is one. Obviously, the sanitization of certain areas on a regular basis and, and obviously um, people who are handling food and handling, um, let, let's say, money, then the, the reducing the, the, the rate by which people handle money and, and possibly work more towards contacts, uh, payments. And I know some venues stipulate that rather than the use of handling money. But also in, in, regards to, in regards to that, the social distancing that people must also adhere to. So these guidances now are already sort of prevalent ar around the world. And most people tend to understand them. And the majority of people tend to follow them. Um, but it would seem certain events that, to, that do take place. And if it's in a seated arena event, then the 1.5 meter from you to the next person and also the hygiene of those areas have got to be adhered to, as well as the people who enter the space or when they go to the bar or when they go to the, um, let's say the lavatory, that they must wash, they must use the hygiene and they must follow the, the specific guidance to ensure that they reduce the spread of, of, the, of the virus. So there, there must be a, a, a real push for the organizer and the attendees to follow the guidance while they're in the venue and I suppose have people to oversee and watch and give advice and guidance to people as they circulate and move around in any any venue to make sure there is a reduction of the of the transmission rate of the virus so those, so those are the key results that's come out of it yeah so from these key results um, which they highlight um, the main five points what are the next steps for the event industry to reopen and like who would be in charge of making sure these um, aspects are adhered to? Well, I suppose within our sector, we have a number of different um, licensing authorities and we also have a, a number of different events and legislation um, that circulate around the type of events that we do. So it's, it's not sort of one particular framework to fit all. But we do have guidance from the government and Public Health England, which can be um, circulated and and that that in a sense can be a starting point for the event industry. But the, end, the event industry, in the same way that it, it's, it wrote a number of guidance documents, such as the Purple Guide, such as the Yellow Books, um, such as the Red Book for Exhibitions, then they can go forward and write another similar document that looks at the way in which events can start to reopen working on the on the grounds of research done by the the the, the medical center in leipzig looking at the government's um guidance through public health england translating that down into the local authorities through the licensing department to the environmental health departments working with the hsc and working with the various different um associations and uh, uh and organizations that represents different parts of the event sector and produce a document which is similar to what, what is known as the purple guide to, to most people who operate in the event industry seems to know what that document is. And I think if, if you get that, if you get that written up, get it, um, let's say some support from the HSC and support from other established organizations and government departments, then at least what we can do if this, if this virus is going to continue for quite some time, and I'm talking about probably for another year or so, then at least we have, we have some sort of guidance that can 
help the industry move move forward and start to reopen and particularly in some areas right so one of the next questions we had was do you think the research is conclusive for the whole event industry or is it only for a certain part of it yeah it's 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 definitely not conclusive for the for the entire industry and we've got to be mindful of that and this is just an early find in early studies because it was done in in a controlled condition whereas as you know with any sort of research you would you would undertake the hypothesis you look at the hypotheses you do the research within a controlled condition and you then go on and do the research with it within a real life scenario so if they were to take this research and apply the methodology in a real life scenario and ask people when they came in, would they be willing to be part of the testing and also part of the long, longitudinal study to determine whether or not when they entered the venue, they, would they download an app that looks at their track and um, tracing so we can identify where they are and operate with it when, in a time when the country's in a lockdown so you can really determine where those people have been once they've left the event and if they've been in contact with anyone else. So that way, while they're at the event, if they've come in and they've tested negative, because now they're saying you can you can get a test done in, um, in 24 hours or less. So when people, before people arrive, they can get the test done and they can show that they are COVID COVID free, in terms of in terms of access. And then while they're at the event, they will do obviously follow the normal standards and the guidance that's been given for that particular venue in terms of um, the transmission rate that we that we now know. But when they leave, which is the key thing, is that they will then be part of the study to let them know that they will be contacted again to find out and then tested again to see whether or not there has been any transmission and if that transmission was a direct result of them being at that location. And I think till that additional study has been undertaken, it is inconclusive to show how the transmission rate can really be affected by within a real life scenario. But what we do know from this particular research, there are some standards that we can put out there. There are some things that we can do to mitigate the transmission rate. It could be quite onerous as, it's, as, as, as was seen from the results. And, and people have to be very vigilant within the environment to make sure that people do adhere to them. And therefore they, they let's say potentially leave without contacting the, contracting the virus and taking the virus onto an, another location. Great. Um, so this research mainly focused on uh, the public in the in a live event environment, but it doesn't account for any of the backstage um, production or actually the the emission sides of sides of um, going to an event. Do you think this research is still required? Yeah, it it is, and I, and I think, like I said, this is this is a this is a a really good start and it needs to be followed up and I think with any type of hypothesis any type of research methodology that goes out to look at something like this and for our industry it is absolutely necessary because we have 10 sometimes you know 50 60,000 people at a venue in any given given situation so the backstage and the production people who come in and do the, the, the two or three day loading or the week loading and put up the stagings and put up all the equipment, how do they work and how do you maintain the, the their health and safety through that period? So, so, so yes, it's, it's, it, it definitely requires further research and therefore will require um, funding funding that could either come from um, the industry 
directly or from universities or from the government departments to really look at the way in which we can move forward under social distancing. And I know, I know with, with football um, and football clubs, they've been pushing the government quite vehemently to look at reopening to get people back in stadiums following the, following the guidance. Looking at the current situation and looking as we go into the end of this year, it would, it would seem that we're going to go for some a further lockdown across the UK. So that will hinder the opportunities for venues now and events to, to really go forward and open up in any way, shape or form. But as we come into the new year and if things and the transmission rate and the R rate does go down, then it may be worthwhile looking at a real life study scenario and seeing how that does affect people um, following certain guidances taken from this particular study and guidances that we've got within this country. And, and as we know, like I said, there are certain events that have already been following those guidance, particularly what, one that we published in one of our newsletters that shows what happened in Newcastle with the um, Virgin Virgin uh, sponsored event, the six the six week festival outdoor music festival. Great. So thanks for your time, Paul, for answering these questions. Um, I'm sure that the recent nineteen research project is going to have um, quite a lot more findings released um, in the next coming weeks as well. Um, so we'll keep you updated on them. Um, is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm looking forward looking forward to see the further publications on this research. I think it will definitely inspire um, researchers across the event industry, particularly in academia, to then take forward this research, adapt the methodology and receive certain funding and allow that research to then circulate and push out you know, appropriate guidance that we can then uh, lobby the government, licensing authorities, environmental health, public health England, to show that we are a, a sector that can open up and go forward and begin to entertain inspire and create business and opportunity brilliant i think we'll leave it there All right thanks for tuning in for this um short um podcast and we'll see you on the next one thank you